Welcome to Dr. Thoughts, a smart, driven, and fabulous podcast by Drs. Ryan LaValle and Kalia Johnson, where sometimes it's about occupation and sometimes it's just sassy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the season finale episode of Dr. Thoughts Podcast. It is season three. (laughs) How are we here? Um, (laughs) It is everybody's favorite academic diva, Dr. Kalia Johnson, here with everybody's favorite podcast buddy, Dr. Ryan LaValle. How you doing, friend? I am doing great. I'm feeling the semester and enjoying every minute of it. (laughs) I hope to soak up some of that energy because for me, it's like, while, you know, we are sort of at the end of one season coming into a, a new season, right with the start of the semester and, and projects and all the other things, I'm like, while I have renewed energy at the same time, I'm also exhausted. And I don't know how that works, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also think that, you know, for those listening, um, this is often why we end our seasons at the beginning of the school year and then pick them up later in the school <laughs> year when we have time to recover from the beginning of the um from the beginning of the year and all the work of the fall semester and everything. Right, right. So, but we've been doing this three years. Three I know. years, that Dr. Is Johnson. So wild. I was scrolling back through our Instagram and looking at those first pictures that we posted of ourselves, right? Because we were joking about dressing, like being color coordinated for mm-hmm. the first day of class and me with that pregnant belly. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like <laughs> we really have been doing this this long. Yeah. So oh my gosh. And it's been so fun. Actually, we um we have assigned one of our earlier episodes in a class um, and I was listening to it recently and I was like, oh, we are different people. We are like we were so structured and so sort of like this is how we're podcasting. I think it was like our third episode or something and or fourth. And it was just like I was listening to us and you know, now we just like talk into a microphone and it's totally natural. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and while we still sort of like we we plan things out, like we we know the people that we've invited, we know the mm. topics we want to cover, we definitely sort of enter into conversations with a lot more ease. I think we mm-hmm. have we we had a natural rhythm right because we we are friends in real life but i think uh the way we've sort of settled into what our vibe is for the podcast really came to head for this season yeah yeah uh, do you feel like being a podcaster because i am now being called this which you know cool <laughs> three years in i think i can claim it um, but like, do you feel like the way, because you're a podcaster, you engage differently in the world or like in conversations? Um, I think it's definitely changed how I teach in the classroom, mm. um, for sure. Like I, you know, and I, and I think part of this is, is age, you know, being younger, having students that are mostly the same age as I am that I had mm. to, um, sort of present, um, as myself, but still very formal, um, and now I, uh, not that I don't have formality, but I think the way that I sort of introduce science, science concepts, and how I think um, academics can engage science differently uh, 
it has really changed how I talk about occupation in the classroom, um, the things that I assign for PhD students, the way that I even structure assignments um, mm. and how people communicate science um, and being a little bit more loose for lack of a better term of what I accept as resources for papers. It's like, I mm. want, yes, I want you to know uh, primary sources and be able to cite them appropriately, recite the content and apply it to your areas of interest, but also how, how are you accessing other forms of knowledge that mm -hmm definitely align to whatever the subject matter is at the moment yeah um, and i think for me the um similarly i i we've started accepting audio recordings reflections and things for assignments mm -hmm. instead of written um which has because i've just had so much value mostly because i'm an extrovert but also just because i like dialogue and conversations like just yeah. talking ideas out with you over the podcast that i feel like i get it and and i i'm a lot more um it's clearer to me why i mean we should have been doing this a long time ago but like <laughs> why it's so helpful for some students to just like submit an audio recording instead of like like wailing over an essay that yeah. they are trying to write and how it can be a little less anxiety inducing but and actually more proactive and engaging with the content um mm -hmm. in that way so yeah the other thing that podcasting I think has changed for me is that people know a lot more about me when they walk into a conversation with me if they listen to the podcast than yeah. I know about them <laughs> yeah especially when they recite things that you forgot you said you're like oh yeah I did say that yeah <laughs> You have to sort of go back and think, oh, what did what did I let out into the world as a new like student is I've had it in our admissions interviews where an interviewee is like, yeah, I've listened to your podcast. And I'm like, yes. oh, my God, what did I say? Yes. yes. Now I'm like sitting here as the faculty interviewing you that you know about me. And it's just like, well, that's who I am. And mm -hmm. it's but it's a dynamic I didn't expect. Um, yeah. In conversation. Yeah. yeah. No, it's. I feel like the the podcast itself has um, only impacted me in, in positive ways. Um, mm -hmm. Like you talk about the that people knowing ha having a little more insight about who we are as people, uh, and I don't know. I I, I think in, in some ways it allows students to grant us a little bit more grace um, mm -hmm. when we don't show up in ways that they expect or need. It's like, oh. I understand that this is not their entire life. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and that we also have have moments and needs and things that that impact how we're able to to perform in our jobs and that and that too sometimes we just ain't feeling what we're doing. Right. And that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's like and I cried in my office before I came in here. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's all take a day. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, we, I think actually this, uh, this season, we did manage some tough moments and actually were able to really like use the podcast as a way to talk through that both with each other and with a broader community um, yeah. thinking about particularly like the AOTA special edition. Um, I heard a lot of positive feedback about how people really appreciated how honest we were, but also were willing to sort of talk out the situations um that that were going on there and the larger context of our profession and you know and race and and all those things so 
Um, and that that was a moment, though, that um, I think students appreciated hearing us as like people just mm -hmm. talk through uh, a hard moment in yeah. in our profession. Yeah, I mean, I think another um, really hard moment and talking about the realities of the profession was our episode with uh, Dr. Rachel Prophet mm. uh, and paper uh, that she and colleagues published in the um, Occupational Therapy Journal of Research about Me Too and OT. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that the Me Too movement was something that you know prevalent in media, um, and I don't think you know people were necessarily ready to hear how it very much hit home. Mm -hmm. um, and OT and the things that um, our our colleagues are experiencing in their colleges and universities, and um, and starting that that very public conversation, right? right? And thinking about you know what what happens to to our scholars, you know, not just master's students, but PhD students, uh, postdoc fellows, faculty, even, um, and the role that our association should be playing um, mm -hmm. in protecting uh, folks at, at all levels. Yeah, well, and, and the institutions and the programs. And yeah. I think it was interesting to, I think there's just such a, a sense of OTs are nice and OTs are caring and we want to always be, you know, positive, optimistic people. Um, yeah. But both of those moments, I think, like, I am learning that sometimes you have to just say the reality and and speak it into the room so that then people can tangle with it and struggle with it and move it forward. And I think that's real leadership in a lot of ways. And I think Dr. Prophet definitely, you know, sort of embodied that after, again, after tenure, but yeah, <laughs> like, you know, once you have that, that power and those positions, like being able to say what needs to be said to open sometimes maybe even a wound mm -hmm. um, so that we can heal in a different way is yeah really important um and that leadership is not something that we talk about necessarily as explicitly as we probably could in our academic programs yeah yeah i think um dr betsy francis Connolly really gave us uh gave us the real mm, when it comes yeah. to to true and authentic leadership in occupational science and occupational therapy you know we touched on the fact that we we had come to know her and her role as um chair of the Society for the Study of Occupation, but, you know, Dr. Um, Connolly has been um, around in OT for a while, having served as a program director um, and then dean and now provost uh, at, at her at her university in, in New Haven. And so she was really able to share some insights about um, the having some integrity and, mm -hmm. and honesty with with who you are um, as a leader, but also using these these entanglements, like what we've been talking about, as not just ways to to learn about the person, sort of the uh, the the perpetrator of situations, but using them as moments to do some more critical reflection and critical learning for your own self, and sort of taking mm. that as a stepping stone to sort of elevating your your leadership ability. And so I. I really appreciated that that she shared that because so often yeah. you sort of hear the me versus them and mm -hmm. that I had to overcome but it's like but but how did I rise through it you know so yeah. she just really dropped some 
some beautiful gems on us on that. Mm. On and she is hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If you, if you did not hear that episode, um, you need to go back and, and check that out. She even dropped some F-bombs, which I was like, yeah. not the provost. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Pants. <laughs> Yes, uh, she is just so funny. And, and and actually, like, really, I think breaks down a lot of the stereotypes that we talked about in, in the episode about generations, um, because she she's a boomer, but she is like this, uh, maybe we'll use the word we use then transcendent sort of yeah. person who is like not trying to be a Gen Z or, or even a millennial, but absolutely connects across the generations yeah. and using humor, self-deprecation, like she's a leader who knows how to leverage like her own personality in a way that connects with so many different people and yeah. can also like step into a super formal position and be like, we need emotion to do this. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> so her versatility is just like it. Uh, it slaps. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's, she definitely embodies all the qualities. I hope that if I ever am afforded the opportunity to become a vice provost, provost or chancellor, even of any mm-hmm. university that I, 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 I want to embody all of those qualities. She, she is a whole vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other person who just absolutely, um, just threw comedy into the atmosphere of like excellence was Karen McCarthy. I mean, uh, just yes. that episode, <laughs> I, my cheeks were hurting yes. after we got done with the episode. Cause it was, it was so biting, but on point for just calling OS out and OT, yes. um, but in such a good humor, real riddled way. <laughs> yes yes I still I smile so hard every time I think about that episode because I don't yeah I don't honestly I don't even know how we made it through it y'all yeah. let me say like we we laughed so hard the right. entire episode it's a wonder anybody heard anything because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good so well good. and it was like jokes and then sex jokes and it was just like I didn't expect that but I should have um <laughs> But it was just so cool to hear her actually jump between sort of like educator, researcher, and comedian, um, and to see how that can vibe together in like a a way that can be approachable, but still like esoteric and still academic, and yeah. but also like speak some truths with some you know true Karen power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> harnessing that 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 characteristic of the Karen right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no she definitely helped us I think play a little bit with that mm. but, but also reminded us a lot about having some joy in the work mm. that we do and and really and really being not just just humor right but really in enjoying the space that mm. that we're in uh which brings us to our joy of the science episode speaking of joy um and you know finding out a little bit more about each other too yeah and and my my come on gamer queen yeah my (laughs) my secret obsession with candy crush and (laughs) and that you would like to be approached in the gym yeah no i don't stay away (laughs) (laughs) if you see dr lavallee 
at the Planet Fitness or wherever you are. Just yeah. walk the other way. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that was... We, there was a lot going on in that that time in that week or two when we were recording that and it was just a good reminder to remember that taking moments to find joy and optimism in the work even though the work can be hard sometimes um or just finding even things outside the work that are going to give you joy and really creating space for that um i think we very particularly needed that <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> in that moment. And so it was it was really good therapy um yeah. you know for for us and to just be able to amplify the the good sort of relationships and space that we've been able to create in mm-hmm. both the podcast but also just in science in in OS and OT in general. Yeah. Yeah. Another nice nice spot um and moment of joy was our our sit down with Dr. Lauren Mims. Mm. Uh, who yeah, right is, there at the beginning. Yeah, prolific scholar, child psychologist, um, does work um, around um, Black girls and Black girls in education, advocacy, um, Obama White House alum, just, you know, someone who is amazing through and through transcends her entire discipline does work across the board and uh you know really brought back to us about you know honing a craft as an instructor and not and also not not leaning on the traditions of academic spaces like really forging your own path and trusting your gut about what it is you want to do uh yeah yeah and plus you know she's an amazing um blazer aficionado yes (laughs) (laughs) yes fashion is a reoccurring theme that i'm still trying to get behind and be able to have conversations about um you know working on it i only have one blazer um and so i don't think my game is on point but we'll get there someday i'll go shopping with you at Bergdorf's yes. or something. I don't know. Is yes. that do they sell blazers? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. And in fact, when I was there last weekend, I bought one from um a, a designer, Song Except. Um, and it is a denim blazer that has a hoodie made into it. I cannot wait to wear that to work. <laughs> okay, bougie. <laughs> <laughs> and I also texted Lauren while while I was there because I was in Zara and they had some really pretty linen blazers, but she, oh was in, she was in she was in Martha's Vineyard at the time. So. Of course she was. <laughs> Y'all are bougie beyond bougie, and I I don't know. Listen, to, we are we are black women who enjoy luxury. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, listen, and you just, deserve it. <laughs> look, I was like, we we gotta find the joy, right? Gotta find. The yes, joy. yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of smashing the hierarchy. <laughs> Um, I think the other episode that we had was the B3 episode, which I think was so great because they did talk a lot about that, like sort of thinking about those traditional hierarchies that are out there, whether it was in academia or in therapy or in just in the ways that we're engaging with people with different bodies or those sorts of things. And um, to see like them take coffee as an occupation and use it to sort of take on those hierarchies was so cool, um, both from like an occupational science perspective, but also just as like a, a former, you know, instructor of t- at least two of those students, 
to yeah. see them sort of take that idea and really run with it at a social level of like, yeah. we are we are challenging a hierarchy and a system that we don't agree with, um, but also doing it with fun and joy and like things they like, like coffee, which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like, but they can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and creating um, equitable and inclusive neurodiverse affirming environments in the process like really tackling ableism work discrimination mm-hmm. yeah and you know just multiple multiple areas of, of marginalization and oppression using coffee as the medium you know I don't know that when they set out to to do that that it was going to have the social justice impact that it has or I should say yeah. disability justice specifically uh, but yeah, we, we do feel like a proud mama and daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is seriously, it's been an absolute pleasure watching um, what they've been able to, to do and, and the issues they've been able to elevate and address through, through B3. It's, yeah. it's amazing to watch. Well, and just thinking about like, you know, I think we, it, it obviously is a little bit of a trend um, for us, but just the amount of people that we have had the joy of talking to that have really navigated oppression or systems and and really challenged them in unique and different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we have the activists, we are activists in a lot of ways, um, and we have those traditional ways of doing activism. Um, but just hearing the different people that we've been able to talk to really talk about that activism and finding joy and luxury (laughs) or whatever um, in the work (laughs) has just been, it's really been enlightening to me as somebody who is sort of trained in the traditional activism, like let's do marches, let's do strikes, let's do, you know, that sort of thing, just to see how activism can show up Mm -hmm. in different places. And I feel like, like um, uh, Dr. Megan Blaskowitz sort of speak to that as well, because, you know, thinking about the activism she had to do within the the institution through research and the Mm -hmm. infrastructure that she needed to challenge to be able to engage people with IDD um, in a new way through research. It's just like, I, it's so exciting to be in like the sphere of Mm -hmm. people like that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, because we, I think, on the podcast, right, do a good job of talking about the ways that scholarship um, can can elevate uh, justice causes. But I think her episode specifically really shows that you know it doesn't have to. Yeah, it, you want you want it to have a bit that deals with a, a much larger sort of extra local kind of issue. But this is how you show up in the local space. You know, mm-hmm. things that are very proximal spaces that are very proximal to you to uh, address the occupational concerns of people right there in your community. Um, mm-hmm. And even going back to B3 talking about ableism, like she is well with ableism, self-determination and how um, that students with IDD are excluded from post-secondary education opportunities. Um, and so doing, doing the work to really expand that in, in um, not just Pittsburgh, but in, in Pennsylvania and how that work also impacts um, post-secondary education um, across the country. So. Well, and and it wasn't even just, uh, I think that's the other thing is they've, uh, uh, part of what a, a B3 sort of talked about was like the flipping of the hierarchy, right? And it's like mm-hmm. that self-determination really leading the charge and letting yeah. go of the charity help model 
um, and really affirming that these individuals have the right and can do the things that many people throughout history have said that they can't do um, for no real reason. <laughs> it's an ableism. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think another just beautiful moment um, for us, I think personally, for the podcast in general too, was our sit down with, with Dr. Sue Coppola. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, in her episode about finding full occupational moments and just learning to appreciate all of the the art that is embodied in everyday experiences. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so she is retiring. I think people know this. I know. I'm so sad. sad about it. <laughs> um, but I, I think it really reminded me that it's really important to just sit down with your colleagues <laughs> and like hear them talk about their work and their passions. And because I think uh, particularly in faculty or in like practice, even settings, you go to staff meeting or you go to faculty meeting and it's all the operations and it's not like people in their work. You're not getting to see someone treat as an OT um, because you're in the other room treating as an OT or something yeah. like that. And to sit down with our colleagues and really just like hear again, similar to like these really innovative activists, like I just, I forget the richness of everyone around me. And it's like, how cool it is to be able to sit down with thinkers like this and mm-hmm. see the world through their eyes for a second and benefit from that. It's just yeah. such a such a cool thing um, to see the leaders in our profession changing the game and mm-hmm. thinking really innovatively and having just the wonderful opportunity to sit down with them and talk for like yeah. 45 minutes about their game changers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause Sue, I mean, and, of her, her own right has been a pedagogical innovator in mm-hmm. an occupational therapy, really, you know, showing us the symbiotic relationship between art and science, you know, publishing on that, but really us getting to see the real life um, sort of application mm-hmm. of that. I mean, incredible, incredible instructor. Um, and I am sad that I didn't take advantage of that more <laughs> yeah. before, before she's retiring, but we know where she lives and we'll show yeah. up with, with why <laughs> and just sit. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and talk about that. But yeah, incredible, yeah. incredible um, pillar in the occupational therapy community. Well, and the other pillars that I think and leaders and game changers that we talked with was Sarah Line and, and Dr. Tamiko Faison, um, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about entrepreneurship and applying everything that we just talked about is sort of like entrepreneurship in action and thinking about new ideas. And I don't know, that was, it was so nice to hear them talk about their businesses and like knowing their worth and how to sort of make sure that that is affirmed um, was just, that was really cool. And I think there's just a lot of OTs out there who are afraid to step into that uh, positionality um mm-hmm. and or that they think they're going to be seen as like egotistical or something um or selfish by trying to start a business for themselves but 
I don't know, the way they opened it um, and talked about the work, particularly, I think, in the affordable housing realm that um, Tamiko is involved with, mm-hmm. like, it just, I don't know, it made me a little, a little teensy bit less anti-capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's because she, she is demonstrating that there is a way to be an entrepreneur by acquiring property to help ameliorate an issue that is pervasive due to capitalism right mm-hmm. like she she herself and her family have the capital to be able to to have property but she's created affordable housing in mm-hmm. in our communities where you know how it is a real real problem real problem because yeah. um, i can't tell i can't name another investor in our area that will create Section 8 housing or any sort of other multifamily affordable situation. Um, And she's learning, has not, well, not learning, has demonstrated that you can do that. Use your skills as an occupational therapist to to create accessible living, affordable living as well. uh, And to do that in a way that still allows you uh, a a nice way of living, uh, but giving back to the community. Right. Right. And Sarah sort of did the same thing in that it's like thinking about accessible, affordable education for Mm -hmm. and community in a lot of ways for occupational therapists and even probably other professions who are benefiting from some of the educational content that OT Potential creates. But like that, it was like giving back to the community with a purpose. And it's like that social entrepreneurship model Um, that I, you know, we can have a whole other conversation about it. Um, but I think there is something there. I still have that Audre Lorde, um, quote in my head of like, you can't uh, dismantle the master's house with the master's tools, but, um, you know, that's just swirling around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but nonetheless, I think entrepreneurship, um, is a powerful tool, um, that we need to really be paying attention to as practitioners and and faculty and academics and you know maybe sometimes it'll sometimes it'll catch my attention and i will go create that um, business uh what was it threadless um yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) right i don't know i don't know if you've yet sort of really defined the function of it yet but um i i definitely think it piques some interest (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll see if that ever manifests. I I doubt it will, but you know, I'm happy to entertain some Gen Zer who wants to, to do that. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, that that generations um episode was just really, really something. And I I feel like by the end it made me feel older than 40 in a lot of ways. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, if I become my mother and father, like, I don't know. Probably. Hey, I mean, I think <laughs> we should love our, our elders a little bit more anyway. So I'm happy to become them if if I get the same love. So <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, absolutely. I, I want to receive the same love like my grandparents did when you know they got to that age where you know they just they just say whatever. And yeah. however you take it is your problem. <laughs> yeah, I think we reached that age when we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We have come of age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just decided that this is where we were going to be two older people without any filters. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, and and filters and, and language and 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 generations too. I think you know right. Dr. Suzanne Huo really brought us to to that in her episode mm. as well, and, and teaching us that not everything is for you, right? Yeah. And, and we yeah. and we need to recognize that and know that and lean into it and and know when it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah, the Gen Z language is not for me, yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> no that was such a good episode she's such like an os hero of mine just in the research that she's done around space and and language generation particularly with immigrants um i feel like we we have so much to offer people who are in transition of culture and like her group have really highlighted that in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways within ot and os um but the fact that language and discourse and how people communicate with each other are such a big part of that conversation I think is really like pulled the cover back on um actually just like language and occupation and occupational therapy and how we've like talked about our own discipline and profession in a lot of ways um and the access to it um via language so also update from that episode I binge listened to my dad wrote a porno and have to say it is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It is so funny. Um, Highly recommend. Thank you, Suzanne, for giving Ben and I something to listen to for five hours as we drove to West Virginia. Um, But it was, I was like crying, laughing so hard (laughs) at some of the moments in that. So definitely NSFW for those out there. um, But still very very hilarious so that's my big kudos to 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 Suzanne (laughs) yeah you know somebody else that we owe kudos to Seth Mitchell ah speak of the Gen Z behind the scenes (laughs) yes y'all we have had the absolute pleasure of working with um now, I guess, rising second year PhD student, Seth Mitchell, uh, without whom, y'all, I don't know that uh, we would have kept Dr. Thoughts as organized as we did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this year. Um, Seth has been an, an incredible asset to uh, our, our work in this space, and we cannot say enough how much we have appreciated your uh, assistance and forethought in keeping us together in, yes. <laughs> in this case i mean y'all would have been waiting on episodes a lot longer <laughs> if if we hadn't had seth seth was coordinating um our recording sessions and emailing our guests and helping them understand the process and getting headshots and things um so that we could make the the posts and um so he was just absolutely the coordinator of all things um doctor thoughts especially in the 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 spring of last year but even throughout this summer has been continuing to keep up with the email and and everything like that so big thank you to seth um we're gonna see if we can figure out a way to keep him around so we can continue but we're definitely gonna bring him on for an episode um which you know season four we're still already thinking about it um and i think the topic that we have for him is gonna be very exciting and everyone will love it but i'm gonna leave y'all hanging yeah. Um, to not exactly know what it is yet, but big shout out and thank you to to Seth Mitchell for all of your support um, to make Dr. Thoughts happen. Yeah. And to all of you for hanging in there with us for 
three years, three seasons of, you know, just a diverse, right, and range of, of topics, the laughs, the tears, the anger, um, the, the, all of the, the joy, all the things in between, right, and just sharing your comments, um, DMing us, texting us, emailing us, sharing your syllabi, like the number of emails we have received in recent months about episodes being assigned in classrooms, y'all, we are, we are just super tickled over it like yes. seriously we are each other's tickle buddies we yeah. learned that <laughs> <laughs> yes so thank you all so much for continuing to um engage science in this way and and elevating our work right mm-hmm. um as as podcasters but also as social scientists so absolutely uh, and really a big thank you that. of course to all of our guests as well that we've sort of reviewed and talked through but um as you can see there's so many ways that we can connect to the science and these different ideas and topics together uh, we wouldn't be able to do that without the guests and their willingness to come on and get on a sassy sassy <laughs> podcast <laughs> that's sometimes about occupation so yeah. we thank give a big thank you to you all as well um and if you want to come back let us know maybe we'll have you as a a reoccurring guest in future seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all, as always, please, you know, uh, leave us a comment about your favorite episodes or even topics that you are interested in hearing. If you want to volunteer to be uh, a guest on the podcast to um, hash that topic out, we'll definitely entertain it. But, you know, until then, can't wait to see y'all for season four. Absolutely. Keep thoughtin'.